0: Welcome to the Street Smart Wisdom Podcast from Wisdom Feed. I'm Steve Stein. In this series, we talk to best-selling authors and thought leaders doing great work in the world of mindfulness, wellness, and creativity. Our mission is to bring ancient ideas down to street level and bring you takeaways that you can apply to everyday life. Enjoy. This podcast is sponsored by betterlisten.com. At BetterListen, we have hundreds of audios, courses, and programs available to stream and download. As a listener to the Street Smart Wisdom podcast, you are eligible for a free audiobook download. Just visit betterlisten.com forward slash free today. Welcome to this episode of the Street Smart Wisdom Podcast. Our guest today is Keith Mitchell. He's a former NFL All-Pro player, mindfulness coach, author, and yoga master. In this session, we find out about Keith's incredible journey from a career-ending injury and how he turned that into a new career and becoming a thought leader in the world of wellness. Enjoy. Hi, welcome, this is Steve Stein, host of the Street Smart Wisdom Podcast. Our guest today is Keith Mitchell. Uh, Welcome, Keith. Keith, if you don't know, he uh, is a former all pro NFL player, uh, became an internationally renowned yoga instructor, and is the author of the upcoming book, The Mindfulness Playbook. Welcome, Keith.
1: Thanks for having me, Steve pleasure to be here
0: no it's cool yeah it's great stuff so let's (laughs) let's jump into it so you know i guess gave kind of like who you are in broad strokes but how would you tell people have not familiar with you and your work you know uh who you are
1: well you know i'm i'm someone from a small town outside of garland uh, outside of dallas texas uh I had, as a kid, I, I used this concept we talk about in the conscious world as manifesting, and I I had this dream, you know, uh, you know, I had a teacher who asked me the question, um, where do you see yourself in five years? And and uh, I was probably thirteen at the time, and I I put this goal out that I wanted every school to recruit me to play football for them. And at that time, my mother wasn't even letting me play football, so how was I going to do that? But as we know with manifesting, not only do we speak the words, we begin to also plant the seeds. And I begin to apply myself and learn the game and actually play the game and go through my journey of, of learning the game. And um, I achieved just that, you know, from a small town outside of Dallas to have every school in the country to recruit me to play sport because I felt I could be great. I felt that I could attain on the highest level uh, my, my greatest desire. So it began to be my life. It began to, uh, as I went from college, I chose Texas A&M. I went to the team I went to, the jersey I actually have right here, the New Orleans Saints. I uh, played with them for six years. I went to the Houston Texans, and then I went to Jacksonville. And then Jacksonville is where I really started my, my journey, making a tackle I had made a million times. Uh, on this one particular play, ended up on my back. I was diagnosed with a spinal contusion. I basically broke my neck, and I had suffered paralysis. So all the attainment that you were, you know, feel that you were to have at that moment was all kind of up in the air. The cars, the homes. I was in my own quarantine before the quarantine, and um, I began to. I I learned this one particular practice that forever changed my life. And what happens when you breathe? The nurse talked to me about conscious breathing, and in that discovery, it it just made breathing a, a tool. It conceptualized breathing for me. And in that allowed me to develop, as I like to say, as, as more of a human being with the capacity to do the things of sports, capacity to grow into the things that I've done for his care plans and, and working with groups all over the world. And I'm just I'm just grateful for the opportunity to to be where I am. And uh, so hopefully you get an understanding through that. <laughs> wow. Wow. So...
0: What, when, when you got that diagnosis, normally, I mean, it's a big question mark. I mean, it's gotta be, I can't imagine how scary it was and pain and all that stuff. But what was the prognosis initially? like, a, now you're an elite, you're a yoga person and instructor. Do uh, like the doctors, were they like, did they expect you to walk again or not walk again? Or was it in that realm? Or, you know, obviously, thank goodness, you've healed and you, you know, you got past it. But at that point, that's snapshot shot in time. You know, how bleak was it?
1: Well, it, it brought me to a realization that a lot of times the doctors, they don't know everything. And I had been conditioned to perceive that they do. And in this case, they were looking at me like, we don't know if you're going to be able to walk. We don't know how. How long this is going to last, uh, there was no answer and and there was a huge letdown when when you know there was no answer because again, the conditioning suggested that they would have it. but uh, again luckily for me for me, I learned what the power of breath and and one thing that really changed my my mental when I realized that I could contribute through my breath, for my healing, when I realized that I can contribute through my healing, I, w- I didn't have to be the victim anymore.
0: Hmm. Wow. You can kind of take control of your breath and take control of your life to a certain extent. Exactly. Cuz you know you, you go through the day like I'm sitting here talking with you and I'm talking with you but I'm breathing. You know my yeah. heart's always working thank god you know my breath is I'm always breathing but to do it consciously kind of brings uh, you know you're not just a, you what You're not just a victim or at effect. You could be a cause for what you want to do.
1: Yes, because the breath is healing. The breath is minerals in a vapor form, I like to call it. And when you think about the the anatomy and you think about the heart and the lungs, you know, a lot of people take the shallow breath. Well, the heart and the lungs, they move naturally. So they don't need your assistance. But what begins to be stagnant is the liver, the kidneys, the intestines they begin to be stagnant. So when we breathe and the stronger the breath, the deeper the diaphragm pushes down. Now you begin to massage internal organs over 10,000 times a day we take on average. Now you're talking about circulation. You're talking about moving the blood flow through the body and that's healing.
0: Wow. Boy, God bless that nurse, right? That nurse in the hospital, you know,
1: <laughs> yes, you know yes.
0: she, she wasn't on, uh, on, you know, on shift that day or that week or, you know, but that, we're, that's be in, right. trouble.
1: we're be in trouble. We're being in
0: trouble. All right. But that's why, you know, I love it. I love it. Okay. So what do you do now? So, you know, what do you do? I know you're an elite athlete now. So now you have a book coming out. What's it called? The Mind- Mindfulness Playbook.
1: Yes, Eight Strategies at Winning at the Game of Life. And, wow, so, um, you know, yeah. Yeah.
0: so you're an author, and what's the book about?
1: So it's a codified way of living. Uh, it's, it's, it's basically learning how to set intentions. It's learning to use tools, tangibles, leverage points, I like to call it, uh, to, to run the plays that, you know, that you wish to run in your life. Uh, if it's patience, if it's compassion, if it's love, if it's all of the above, it's a codified way of actually strategically going to the game, which the game I'm suggesting is life, and allowing that to happen for you. And it's also showcasing how you are your own guru, how you are your own coach in this sense as well. It's not going to have you dependent on, on anyone but you, and you and your commitment to what you want to do.
0: Right, and that, it seems like that ties in. Conscious breathing lets you kind of get in touch with your own innate wisdom. Yeah, because without that, you're just going through the day, and you know, you wake up one day, and you're however old you are, and you miss your life. So, yeah. So, wow, it's just the the, um, the sh- you know the shock that your body w- went into It's like a, Turning you into a whole other—I I think it's great. Turning you in a whole other direction, but you know, you could have just gone on and lived your life. But it seems like you're dedicated to, you know, sharing that, you know, what you learned.
1: Well, interesting thing enough with the breath. When you talk about uh, conscious breathing, what you'll find is because a lot of the disease that happens in our bodies, it comes from the emotional body. So what we'll find with the breath, as we begin to elongate the breath. We actually begin to build a, more, a stronger emotional maturity. We begin to grow on an emotional basis, right? So now we begin to process things different. We're less reactive and more intentional. So even as we talk about we breathe naturally, but we get to hone the breath to actually be this tool, conceptualized tool for an application, so that's what I'm really interested in, whether it be your breath, whether it be your posture, because yoga is a formality. Yoga is a concept of relationship building with yourself to know how your body functions, know how your body moves and to do meditation to listen to your body. And also, uh, Steve, uh, and again, coming from Texas, I never would have guessed in a million years, if you would have told me I, wouldn't, I would be a vegan, I would be like, you're insane and you're not talking about me. But for eight years, I've also been a vegan and an advocate for uh, fueling consciousness through a vegan lifestyle.
0: Wow. So if we do a plant-based event, I'll definitely call you to be, to be part of that. Uh, awesome. Cool, cool. So why? Why are you doing this? I mean, we got, we got to some of that, but, you know, why aren't you, you know, you probably had enough money. You probably didn't need to get back to work. I mean, I don't know, but I'm just guessing. You know, but mm-hmm. you're hustling, you're getting your message out there. You know, why why do you feel compelled to
1: do that? Well, what I found with mindfulness uh, is like to realize the problem internally also reflects to the problems externally. The problems that we think are just happening within our in, in between our minds and between our two ears is also happening across the planet. And as we begin to create protocols of solving our own personal problems, we can also solve the external problems because they also exist with us. We're not just inside this, as Alan Watts talks about the bag of bones. We're not just there. We also exist in the external world. So that same participation that we take to to heal ourselves with is the same participation that we must go out into the world and create solutions and solve our problems
0: wow so what's your you know for people like dealing with the pandemic so uh you know we talked a little bit before we started some people are in hot spots and that's a little different reality than people not in hot spots but almost everyone's hunkered down losing their mind to you know mm-hmm. trying to you know so any tips for you know coping with the different layers of stress that are going on during this pandemic time?
1: Yes, uh, and the first thing I would say to the people out there, don't serve the time, allow the time to serve you. And a lot of times we, what we give focus to, we want to focus on the things that we feel are gonna bring us the harm, but also what I'm really realizing is check in with what we're gaining. And how people are having more connectivity. Realize how people are actually going and doing simple things again, right? Without the distractions. So you got the cars, you got the homes, you got the you got the, the high heel shoes you can't go anywhere with. Now it's just you. So a lot of times the quarantine is just happening within your mind. And actually it's probably been happening in your whole existence already. Now it's just coming to surface. So now find these little intricate parts that we can go within with. And like, fine, like, you know, we talk about a lot of athletes, you know, every interview you say, oh, well, I have this idea of getting better as an athlete, but we can take every day because now, now we have this time, the time that we talked about that we never had. Now you got a plethora of time. So now you can do and add these little increment parts of you that you want to see get better. These intricate parts of you that you want to expand upon heal, uh, uh, move into, learn, whether it be to communicate more, whether it be to eat a little bit better, cook more, things like that, you can actually have time to do. And I challenge you to really apply that. And in that that application, what you'll find is you'll create new patterns that will go way beyond this pandemic, that will really be to your benefit, not only to yourself, but the people around you.
0: Amen. <laughs> that is cool. That, that, that's, a, that's a great little takeaway right there. Um, uh, oh, that, that's great. So then I think I mentioned, um, how are we doing? I think we're okay on time. Uh, let me, you know, so so you're into Alan Watts, so bag of bones, you know. Bag of bones, yes. <laughs> what, what does that mean? Like, you know, our physical self as compared to our metaphysical self or what 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 does that term mean
1: well definitely uh what that means to me is a lot of times we play small We, we play the victim and it's so easy to play because poor me but the reality is you are so much greater than you've ever given yourself truly the opportunity to be just like as I share with you my story of this kid outside of this big town in Dallas, and I can't even say the town I'm from because people don't know it. But to have this, act, you know, to put this claim in the world to say, I can be great. Well, it's not necessary that you even have to conceive yourself as being great, but it's like conceiving yourself and attaching and aligning yourself to the place of what do you desire? What do you want? And what's possible for you? And And when you really reflect on that, you'll realize that there's so much there. It's just I've been sitting on my hands and not allowing myself to do it. It's like a lot of times we deny ourselves. And the person that really wants to be seen, I, I've, I've gone around, I've had a chance to teach with all, people from all over the planet. And it's like the, the, and a lot of times when you say people can't meditate or have problems meditating, it's because that interpersonal relationship had never been developed. That interpersonal relationship is like been touching you or tapping you on the shoulder and saying, listen to me, look at me. I'm here, and what we've been doing is denying it and suppressing it and shutting it down, and it just wants to be seen. So I'm, again, suggesting to you, allow that interperson inter- that's there, that speaks to you every now and again, through sensations, through aches and pains, listen to it. Let it out. We need it. We need your participation right now because we can't do it solo. We have to do it as a collective. So we need you now. Wow. <laughs> Sign me up. So I, I'm just seeing him.
0: That's cool, man. That's cool. So, so what is the light it up foundation? I, that's, is that something that, uh, when, what's the story with
1: that? So the light up foundation was started to really kind of, uh, in, in LA when I moved to LA to create a platform where a lot of people that were doing some really amazing things could, uh, all come together and, and like, whether it be on my platform, be seen uh, and, and actually also be and create a collective because, you know, what you find is we don't typically have conscious think tanks. So when we talk about strategizing as a collective, it's like non void because we don't have the relationship established with one another. You know, it's kind of like uh, our mantra for the Light Up Foundation is to go fast, go alone, to go far, we go together. and uh, And we have to see this, this universal man, this universal woman is the ultimate team sport. And we must come together and do it together. Uh, and we need allies to do it. So, uh, through the Light Up Foundation, I started to create uh, programs. I started to create uh, retreats, like the retreat uh, we did in LA uh, it was at the LA Coliseum. We would have 12,000 people come. I would, I would get the police chief, the uh, 12,000 people? And, uh, what, what'd you yeah. do with
0: 12,000 people?
1: Well, we would teach them uh, nutrition, we would teach them gardening we would have uh, a sound bath healing we would uh, I would get the city council to help me bring in sixty thousand kids uh, We would introduce yoga meditation we would have entertainment it's basically a socialized way that we can have an integration of people from all walks of life and realize the experience
0: wow, so I grew up in in brooklyn in the city we weren't wealthy particularly so you're saying you brought inner city kids uh, that wouldn't know like a yoga cushion if it hit him in the head and all of a sudden exactly. they're right yeah. out of the hood or wherever and now they're breathing consciously
1: yes with a gong with the sound bath healing too it was amazing and i would i would have mothers who never had a massage have a massage for free and i would have some of the brilliant teachers that we have in L.A to have conversations with these kids. And and not only the small kids, but the adult kids, (laughs) you know? So we would all get a taste of what it is to be uh, the experience of consciousness or mindfulness or meditation. And it was just a beautiful experience there. And, And that's what the Light Up Foundation was about. And it was just to create those experiences so we can have and realize what's possible.
0: Wow. Wow. What one person could do. I I love it. You know, real quick. So uh, my grandmother, you know, going way back, she, uh, they came from Europe and uh, I think four or five of her brothers, the Nazis got, they were killed, but she, her and five sisters made it out. And when she was 85 or 86, and I was already, I was a vegetarian for a few years. I, I'm, I'm not now, but I'm very, you know, my kids call me like the organic dude. Like, it's enough already. You know, give me a real, you know, give me a real crap. You know, I said too many syllables, you know, in those cookies. Anyway, yeah. but so my grand, I remember with my grandmother, she was well, she lived in 92 and 93. And I said, her name was Grandma Fanny. I said, Grandma Fanny, let me give you a massage. And. I said, "When's the mm. last time you had a massage?" She said, "I never had a massage." She was yeah. in a, you know, she never she was just taking care of the kids and running from the Nazis or you know, yeah, she yeah. was didn't have that luxury to take care of herself. You yeah. know, didn't even know it was in the realm of I gave her a massage and she was, you know, it was fine but but I think well, you, you can go your whole life not even knowing there's other you know, there's other things out there.
1: So true. And that would be another conversation we could have because we can go all day on that. You know, Because right, right, right. there's a lot of, yeah, it's like there's a lot of people on the planet that have had limited experiences and they've defined their lives based off those limited experiences. So again, possibility is not even an option for them because they've minimized their lives just through the experience. But we're here to share ways in which we can provoke thought to expand their ideas and, and open them up to have new experiences. And that's the practice of mindfulness.
0: Wow. Bingo. I love it. Uh,
1: yeah. Okay.
0: So here's my kind yeah. of, is, here's, I think we got to it, but I'm going to, uh, what's that term again? Give me one sec. Uh, yeah, here we go. So if you were a superhero, hmm. what would your creation story be? You know, what was the thing that happened? Like, you know, the Incredible Hulk, he picked up, you know, some uranium or whatever it was and then gave him superpowers. Was there something you know, in your, that happened when you were young or at some point that kind of set you on this path? We kind of hit on it, but, you know, what what's your creation story if you were a superhero?
1: So what I would say is, I would be this kid that grew up in Garland, Texas, that wanted to play football, and will be the greatest football player on the planet, to one day pretty much break his neck, end up flat on his back. And when he thought that that was his original superpower, realized another superpower, once he he left the game of football and realized his potential to be a human being. (laughs) How about that? Wow, I like it. That
0: is great. <laughs> All right. You need two superpowers for the price of one. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> Excellent. All right. So how can people find you? What's your website, mm, that good stuff, or on social? What's the best way yeah. for people to find you?
1: Yeah, my, my uh, Instagram is KeithMitchell59. My website is uh, KeithMitchell59.com. Uh, I have meditations, the book is coming. Uh, I have a supplement line called A Meta and I can't wait for you to see that. And uh, I'm looking forward to send me messages. Uh, I respond to your questions, anything you have, please share with me, follow me on the the various uh, social uh, uh, media channels and I look forward to meeting you.
0: That sounds great. Well, Keith Mitchell, Thank you so much for a great uh, discussion. And uh, what do they say? Namaste, or thanks, or
1: Namaste. Yeah,
0: Namaste. <laughs> I, like I like it. Yeah. You've been listening to Street Smart Wisdom, the podcast from Wisdom Feed. You can follow Wisdom Feed on Facebook, Twitter, and iTunes. If you haven't, please subscribe, rate, and review our podcast on iTunes. We appreciate your feedback. Join us next week for another Street Smart Conversation. Thank you for listening.